Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Charles van Veek. It's wonderful to have you listening to our program. We love to talk about what the Bible teaches about us being salt and light in society. So we're looking at biblical principles. We're talking about real-life issues. How do we take God's Word? How do we apply it in our lives? How do we make a difference, not just for our own family and friends, but for uh, the church and for other people in society. So we are going to talk today about economics, about business, about jobs, about work, and we are going to talk to Ian and Nicole. Ian and Nicole are um, young people, actually not too young, but they <laughs> they are uh, friends of our ministry and we're going to be talking about business and jobs with them right now. So Ian, thanks for coming in. And Nicole, thanks for coming into the to the studio. Hey Charles, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us, Charles. Great. Let us get going. We're talking about business and these sorts of things. So Ian, we want uh, you and then Nicole to give us a bit of your background, where you're from, what do you do, what have you done, what are you going to do in the future? Let's go. Okay, Charles. So I grew up in KZN. I've been to university. I have a postgrad in economics. And from as young as I can remember, I've always been entrepreneurial in nature. My mom will claim responsibility for that for various reasons. But as long as I can remember, I've always enjoyed having my own business. I've mowed lawns. I've uh, put in irrigation systems. I've sold pies to people. And then our latest business, we... Uh, did a range of cake decorations and baking aids, uh, a business that we actually sold uh, the beginning of March last year. Fantastic. And the better half of Ian is Nicole. Hey, Charles. So, yeah, so my background is I studied in South Africa. I then got my master's degree in the UK, lived there for a while, and then we moved back to South Africa, and um, together with Ian, we started our business. So it was a business that we started from scratch, um, we could certainly see God's hand in our business and how the business developed. Um, as Ian said, we uh, sold the business. We stayed on for a year with um, the team, and we now are on a sabbatical. So that's where we are at the moment. Great. Just the kind of people we want to talk to today. And uh, our listeners, many of you might be struggling right now. Maybe your companies have closed down. Maybe there have been retrenchments. Um, maybe you've finished studying or come out of school or college or finishing matric now, you don't know what the future holds, you don't know where to start, you don't know where to get going, or you don't even know what to think right now. You don't even know which questions to ask. So let's talk about these things right now. Ian, you got a master's degree, you're selling pies and mowing lawns. Wasn't that beneath you? Most people would say, oh, come on, you know, get a get a real job, nice 50,000 rand a month, lecturing at a top-class university, but you're selling pies and, and mowing lawns. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah, that was, again, I think that's something I can be thankful for my parents is the work ethic I got. So I started the garden service and the irrigation business. The irrigation business was more formal. The garden service, I bought my car with it. I had a bucky. I did it once a week, every Friday. Um, and that's what paid for my uh, postgraduate studies. Is that so? I paid it from mowing lawns and doing irrigation. And... Um, I, I must be honest, I didn't always love it. Sometimes I dreaded Friday because, you know, I've got to go and I've got commitments. But the point is you honor your commitments. And at the end of Friday, 
you were happy. It was, I'm done. I've earned this money. I can pay for my car. I can pay for my studies. I'm independent. So, no, I, 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 it wasn't beneath me. And I know that there are a lot of people who, who would say that. Um, but I, I believe that laid the right foundation, certainly mm. for me to build on. And being entrepreneurial, I enjoyed I enjoyed um you enjoyed the risk you enjoyed I, the challenge you yeah, enjoyed exactly, that the hard work the, yes. it it was tough physically tough the, yes. the garden service physically yeah. tough what age were you if you don't mind me asking uh, when you were doing this in your early so 20s that would have been late teens early 20s great excellent and then the pie shop obviously we started was a formal business but also great challenging uh, dealing with staff First real time, I employed people formally. So that was that was we learned. I learned different things. There. Yes, yes. Nicole, when um, your whole world of studies is a very specialized field, um, your business. Would you mind just telling us what business you had? Not the name, but what kinds of things you were doing before you before you sold your company. Yeah, sure. So um, my studies obviously complemented the business in terms of uh, marketing and then Ian had from an economic point of view, but we were actually in the food industry. So we uh, manufactured um, baking aids and baking mixes, baking products um, for sale both to the local market and um, international. So we exported products. I think the big thing was we saw a gap in the market and uh, we decided to explore it. But the other thing is that when, you know, when you sell your business and it was, uh, we chose to sell the business, it was a successful sale. It wasn't because we had to sell. So that was an amazing position to be in. Thank mm. you to God and glory to him because we can definitely see his hand in the business. But I want to just say, go back a few steps. You know, when we first started the business, we were prepared to do anything. So I mean, were you we, literally packaging things? Yes. You and Ian were sitting packaging things. Yes, at all times of day and night. And, and our neighbors. Oh, oh you got the neighbors involved. Yes, right at the beginning. That's true. We'd ask them if they wanted to come over for pizza, but there'd be some work before pizza. So um, the thing is, when we got our factory, you know, we scrubbed the floor. We cleaned the toilets. We, I packed pallets. It was my worst job. I hated packing pallets, but it had to be done. We had to dispatch the pallets, and it was both physical work and obviously, you know, sitting behind a computer and doing that kind of work too. So there was all that kind of work. Um, and I think also when you have a team working with you, you need to prove that whatever you ask the people that work with you to do, you are also prepared to do it. And yes. I think that that got us a lot of credibility and respect from our team because we weren't, um, you know, when it was deep clean at the end of the month, we weren't shy to get involved. You got stuck and, in with everybody yeah, else. Ian would be there, you know, spraying the machines, etc. And that's important that you are prepared to um, work and work hard and that you don't think things are beneath you. So if you don't have a job, um, yeah, I think your attitude needs to be that you are prepared to do whatever's going mm. to um, pay you. Yeah, sure. Attitude's a big thing, uh, especially in South Africa. Um, my daughter, when she was looking for a job in a uh, or looking for a career in a special, a spe very specialized area, and she was overseas looking for the job, um, she was what they called green. In other words, you got no experience. You've done your courses, you got your qualifications, you got the certificates or whatever you need, but you green, which means everybody's looking for somebody with experience. So I said to her, uh, Roberta, what you do is 
contact all these people we managed to get off the internet a list of email addresses of people who had been offering jobs in the past and they'd never removed their details. So we gathered all their email addresses together. I said, you email everybody and tell them you're willing to work for free uh, for, free for three months. That You just want to be accommodated by them. In this world, you, you had accommodation and you want to eat in their kitchen. That's all. And within, I think it was 48 hours, she had a job lined up. They flew her to where they wanted her, the company. And after two weeks of being there, she got another job offer because she had two weeks of experience. <laughs> and you just sit back and you think, what a world, isn't it? And everybody was telling her not to do this. Um, just daddy was the one that was going against the, the, the whole world, uh, telling her the opposite. But how, how crazy is that in this world? I mean, who wants to work for nothing? Um, and yet you were company owners, um, what a surprise would be. What would you think if somebody came in and said, I'm willing to work for a month, may I please work at your company just to get it on my CV that that I've worked by you? Would you take somebody like that on? Yeah, sure. Uh, we can say it would be a qualified, absolutely yes. I need to caution there, and that's why I say it was a qualified yes, is if you're going to do that, then you need to be real with yourself as well. That it's not just a gimmick because the employer will find out very quickly if you use that as a gimmick. If you're playing the fool. If you're just saying, I'll work for free and I'll prove to you and, and in the second day, you can already see that this person isn't even worth working for free, which is a tough thing to hear and a tough thing to say, but the employer will work that out very quickly and then you, will have, you would have burnt that bridge. So if you're going to do that, again, go with the right attitude. If you've got no job, do you really have anything to lose? And I think it would be a good challenge. If we could set up a challenge yourself, go and offer your services to some company. And you might need to do several and see if you get that option taken up by the employer. Mm. What have you got to lose? Mm. I'd like to even recommend non-profits, um, churches. Yeah. Go and work at your local church, at your local congregation, clean the floors, clean the toilets, clean the gardens, work there, get get the name of the pastor on your CV to show that you've done hard work and that you're not yeah. shy you're or capable. scared, that you're capable, that you have a good attitude. Start somewhere. Try, try and, you know, as they say, if the door's closed, kick it open. You know, find something to do. Yeah, and there's many doors. Yeah. It's not just one door. I think you need to become, especially in the, the current situation in South Africa and to an extent globally, you have to be quite resilient. You can't be thin-skinned. You have to be thick-skinned, especially mm. if you know you've got the right attitude mm. because cream always rises to the top. Mm. The, the best part will always come to the fore. So go and knock on those doors. Take the no's. Even if someone says, no, I don't need you for three for three months, someone else will. Mm. And there is your opportunity. Because if you're sitting at home waiting for the South African government to solve all of your problems, you have the absolute wrong idea. Mm. Mm. They are not going to solve your problems. Mm. They are not interested in your problems. Mm. Go Take responsibility for yourself, your family, whoever else, and do something about it. Mm. 
Mm. We can't all sit around expecting the government to mm. give us stuff. Yeah. And we all say, oh, we get free. It's not – it's free for you. Yes. But, but some, it costs so, somebody, somebody else somebody's in Somebody's paying country. for it. Somebody's yes. paying for it. So yeah. try it. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Go work for free. See if it gets you the yeah. foot in the door. Nicole, where, where does our faith as Christians who love the Lord – we are worshiping him in our lives. We have uh, good attitudes uh, most of the time. <laughs> Where does this come into the workplace? What's our starting point? Where do we get going? Okay, I think the first thing we need to clarify is that um, work is a blessing. Work is biblical. We are meant to work. So work isn't, um, you know, sometimes people would joke and say it's a necessary evil, which it's not. Um, you know, we are made to work. We are supposed to work. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing I'd say is that if you, when you go to a company and ask for employment, you know, you're saying, I am a Christian, then you need to prove it. You know, then when you are in the work environment, you need to work to glorify God. Um, work for God. That's it. Be on time. Um, have the right ethics, you know, don't take advantage, don't give attitude, like negative attitude, you know, be positive about your environment and actually thank God for that opportunity because that's where it comes from. God will help you open the doors um, if they're meant to be opened. So that's what I would recommend. I would say that you need to ask for God's guidance and then you need to go and work and um, like this program's called, be salt and light of the world and mm. make yourself stand out. You, We are not of this world. Show that you are different and that your Christian principles, your Christian ethics, your morals um, all come to the forefront. Don't, you know, um, be flirtatious or, I don't know. No, you know steal exactly or lie or. All of those things, mm. you know, you, you, you don't want to be that person. No. So um, be an example, be somebody that people want to employ. People are looking for good people. I mean, companies are looking for good people all the time. And um, you can be one of those good people. Mm. I've got a pastor friend who used to minister in Zimbabwe, and he used to tell his congregation members, whoever you work for, work to make them a millionaire. And he said, you'll be assured of a job for a long time. <laughs> and so I taught this to my young men that I work with in a local township. I said, if you can get a job, Work to make the person that you're working for wealthy because they create new jobs with that wealth. Uh, they want to create more jobs. They want to do more business. So um, and when, when we're dealing with this issue of from a perspective of um, an employer, and my friends, while you're listening, I'm Charles van Veek. We're talking to Ian and Nicole. They've, uh, they're very well educated with master's degrees. They run very successful business in South Africa, which they've just sold lately. We're talking about jobs. We're talking about the economy. We're talking about attitude, talking about business. Um, where do we go, Ian, with these, with these ideas? You know what, Charles, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm listening to that, uh, what you and Nicole were just chatting about, and I'd like to, to make a comment which came to mind is I'm a big supporter of capitalism. Uh, I believe that capitalism, okay, there are, there are some issues, but it is the most biblical uh, economic structure that we have. Um, we've got to address the problems that come with capitalism, but that's normally driven by greed. So well, there's always sin involved, um, there, there and that's what we're dealing with. That's correct. Mm. 
So your comment, and, and it's struck me, um, the friend, your pastor friend from Zimbabwe, you know, that's, that's tough for some people to hear. Yes. Work hard so that you can make your employer wealthy. But the reality is that capitalism, and I need to make this very clear, capitalism will always uplift far more people than socialism ever will. Socialism is a system that is destined for failure. You know, the problem with socialism, and this was Maggie Thatcher said this, the problem with socialism is that you inevitably run out of other people's money. <laughs> and It's parasitic. Yeah, your comment is 100% right. If you work to make the employer, the boss, the company wealthy, that business can then afford to grow, to invest elsewhere yes. in an economy, maybe acquire something else, maybe start something else. Possibly pay you more yes. as you go up the grow ranks. Grow again. Grow again. Employ mm -hmm. more people. And you that way is how you include more people in an active economy. Yes. Socialism is, in my mind, a passive destructive economy which undermines your self-confidence and makes you a beggar of government. Mm. That is a real issue for me, and that is why I firmly believe that the only thing government should really be doing in our economy is stimulating employment, making an environment where the capitalist and the entrepreneurs the entrepreneur can do what he does well because then society mm. benefits. Mm. Yes, we've got some people like to point out that we've got the super rich in Jeff Bezos, we've got the super rich in the form of Google and whatever. Absolutely. But we've also got how many, the, the moderately wealthy. Yes, how many who, jobs have they created? How many jobs have they created? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a, a challenge to you, um, Nicole, um, thinking from, from your studies and your ideas that uh, I find in my ministry and my mission work that a lot of people think that because somebody else has a job, they can't get one. In other words, they might look at an immigrant in South Africa and say, well, that immigrant has stolen the job I could have had. Can jobs be created? Can economies grow? Can work? Uh, you know, you started a company started by yourself. You started employing 50 people after that. Um, you might want to mention, you know, statistics on that sort of thing. I don't know how all your sure. company worked, but... Um, um, you know, you might not have thought that it's going to go grow that big in the future. I don't know, but there must have been something in your mind that didn't hold you back uh, and say, "Oh, well, we can't do this and we can't do that." And somebody stole my job, and oh no, what must we do now? So, Charles, yeah, I think that um, I must just say up front that we could see God's hand in our business. Um, so, no, we didn't ever think that we'd get to stage where we would be employing fifty people. Um, the first person that we employed still works for the company, so that was um, amazing. However, there are a lot of people who have come and go in between. So why have the people left? Well, a lot of people um, did themselves out of a job. How? Well, you know, you can't just not arrive for work day after day and assume that that's going to be okay. 
you can't go on leave and just not come back um, at the end of the year, go to the Eastern Cape and then, you know, come back in February and say, oh, well, actually, I'm back now. Can I have my job? Yes. That's not going to work. It Your employer… Can't come in, can't come in drunk to the no, factory. exactly. You mm. can't do that. You know, um, you can't come in hungover because mm. if you're working with machinery and even if you're not, it's not fair on your colleagues. You can't put in an mm. honest day's work. Mm. So I think the big thing is… Um, your attitude. Are you prepared to work? Are you committed to your job? Um, you know, you need to show that you're there on time. You need to work overtime if overtime is offered. It might not be compulsory, mm. but, you know, if the company is working overtime, grab it with both hands. That's an opportunity for an extra income and also to give back to the business who's actually created a job for you. Mm. So I think in saying that other people have taken your jobs, no, that's not fair. The jobs, the people who still have jobs um, with the business are the people who demonstrated that they are hardworking, that they are committed, and they are prepared to put in the effort and the mm. energy. And yes, sometimes they're South African people, and yes, sometimes they're not. Mm. So it really comes down to attitude. Don't um, You're not a victim. Don't think I'm hard done by and I can never get a job because the Zimbabweans or Malawians or whatever have taken my job. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. Why have they got a job? Is it because the other person is prepared to work harder, um, has the right attitude? Later right hours, longer hours, what, whatever they're what willing it, to do. That's it. And also sometimes it's because somebody who's been in a more difficult situation than you have and doesn't qualify for a SASA grant actually just has to make things happen, otherwise they're going to starve. Yes. And I would say to the average person, don't settle for a SASA grant. There's so much more to life than that. Um, go and get a job and, and work. Work to glorify God. Mm. And you will see the benefits. Sure. Ian, you, you have a master's in economics. Can an economy grow or is it static? No, absolutely an economy can grow. It is, however, dependent on... A number of factors of which one is government. Um, the environment they create? Exactly. Setting the right mm. environment for the entrepreneur to do what he does best, which is start businesses, make a profit, employ people, make a profit, employ people. Buy, grow. buy cars, exactly. buy TVs. So Everything needs to be made and created. I did lecture economics for a, a while when I came back to South Africa, and it's a simple principle of what's called the multiplier effect. The more people that we can draw into the economy as active, that means the more consumers there are. So if you imagine everyone in South Africa has no money, they have no money to buy anything. But if an entrepreneur starts a business and he starts employing one people, two people, three people, that's where our rescue in terms of economy is going to lie, not from big business. Mm -hmm. Because if you imagine 10,000 businesses all employing two, three, four, or five people, you start to see the effect that all of those people are now earning a salary who previously weren't. They're all now becoming active consumers. So they're buying uh, food, they're buying houseware, they're buying clothing. Mm -hmm. There's a demand. creating more That's jobs. creating again. more demand for more jobs to mm -hmm. fill that demand. Just the food you're eating. But the unfortunate thing is what we're seeing in South Africa, thanks to government policy in a large respect, is the exact opposite. We're seeing, and it works in the exact opposite way, we're mm. seeing our economy contracting. So people are losing work. What does that mean? They don't have disposable income at the end of the month. It means they can't 
be active consumers. So that demand shrinks for mm. all goods and services. Mm. And then more people lose their jobs because there's no demand. So, so it demand works both again. ways. It, works it doesn't only ways. work one way. And that's the caution. Yeah. And when you have that kind of environment where you feel that you can't just get, you can't grow, you can't do anything more, our, our high net worth people are just leaving the country yeah, that, in their that, droves. That's your middle class tax base. Um, so that's something we've got to be very cautious of as well because we erode the tax base, then there's even less money. Okay, what's not stolen by our government, there's even less money to spend on valuable projects, yes. that which is going to stimulate, stimulate and allow the entrepreneur to flourish. Yes. Well, Nicole, final words from you. Okay, that's a bit of pressure, but final words are <laughs> get out there and make it happen. If it means that you have to work for free to prove yourself and to get in a foot in the door with a company, then do it and work to glorify God. Amen. At the end of the day, that's what it's about, glorifying God. And, yeah, don't forget, God is there for you. God knows you better than you know yourself. Fantastic. Thank you, Ian. Final Thanks, words. Charles. Thanks, Charles. Yeah, I, I support that, guys. Make it happen. Pray about it. Make it happen. And you can be absolutely amazed. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Ian. I'm Charles van Veek. We've been chatting to Ian and Nicole, business people in South Africa, uh, very highly educated, um, uh, built up a big company and, and sold it in South Africa now. Um, we need to get down to the, the bottom line. That is our attitude. Put our faith in God. Pray and get out there and do something. As Ian explained to us, we can't just sit around. We need to do something. Even if you don't get paid, go work somewhere to get it on your CV that you're a trustworthy, godly person um, that can make a difference in a company. Well, as I said, I'm Charles van Veek. Uh, thank you for listening to Salt and Light, and I'm closing off. <laughs>